tonight because I've messed up the computer royally, uh, which is fun. <laughs> um, again, I mean, I, I've got a new computer and programs. Uh, it's just a mess. You know, you do this. You had the, I had the same computer for 12 years. Got really good. Got it like, you know, right to a good spot. And then it decided to go slower than molasses. You know, Windows 12, I guess it is. You know, <laughs> computer designed to run Windows 8 has problem when running Windows 12. But my guest tonight is the other doc. As we continue our winter, our December roast around the former guests and uh, return visits. So, John Mallard, the host of the Odd the Newfoundland podcast. And who knows what he's doing? He's, you know, from Newfoundland. So, he's probably out ice fishing or something. But, anyways, how are you doing tonight, John? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're ice fishing all right. We're ice fishing. Hang on now. Make sure you look nice and pretty here. There we go. I got, oh, Jim. I got the, the most beautiful view of your forehead I've ever seen. Uh, wait, wait, we can fix that. It's gorgeous. No, let's leave it there. Now it feels like old times. <laughs> Hang on, let me get my Thomas Fusco book out here. Okay, let's go. <laughs> oh, boy. I was just thinking about him the other day. Have you talked to him in a while? I haven't talked to him in a long time, but uh, just love that guy. And uh, anytime I get to hear him on, on radio, just. Uh, always fun and uh he's just he's just rocket fuel for anybody who's into the paranormal who's sick of people with science minds who are like hey there's nothing to this paranormal thing he really is like if you study his stuff it's it's pretty legit it's it's interesting once once you stay awake get through it it's uh gets a little wordy there for a while but it's only as dry as you want it to be yeah, Tom knows I love him though. So but there's freaking pictures in it. I mean, come on, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, not enough for me, you know. <laughs> Jim, you look well. You look well. Uh sure. If you say so. <laughs> um, so how you been? Not too bad. I I had uh, quite a wild ride with all this. Ten years ago, I oh. started my show. So there'll be ten years in July. Like, where did this 10 years go? I remember being on your show like, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago? <laughs> I don't have that right in front of me. Uh, we put this together too close to the last minute for me to do that digging. That's I okay. Have that I love right. last minute, right? Some of the best the stuff I've ever done is last minute, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pretty much all my kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, cheaper by the dozen, right? Oh, anyway. <laughs> No, I can't believe it's been 10 years. I Cat Ward uh, just had her, what, sixth anniversary a month ago or so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just blew my mind. Making like, me feel older. <laughs> like, it, you know, I, I like tried to talk her into it for like two or three years, so it should be that many more. So it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. I mean, my show's older than that, so that, that's even blows my mind. We, we get to that point where we got people who are on our show who are no longer with us anymore passed yeah. away now like once you get like that five ten merit like there's people who like you can't talk to anymore it's, it's really interesting yeah. you know i think at the end of the day we're we're going to be dinosaurs to somebody and my thought is maybe some of the stuff we've actually taken and recorded is going to be remembered forever really you, you left yourself a nice digital footprint for for other people to walk and tread on so to speak and I hope, uh, I hope so, right, man? Because someday I'd like somebody to be researching Tom Fusco and say, "Hey, no, here's an interview or four or five yeah. I did with him, right? Whatever it is," and be like, "Oh, now, now I can hear the voice and put a name with that, and right, and understand a little bit more." And 
I just think I, I think at Tom as soon as I talk to you because as soon because you're you're the one who hooked me up with that guy. I was like, you got to have him on your show. Like he's he's great. I had him on. It was just like, how am I ever gonna get this guy in a half hour? <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. And uh, and look at you, big rebranding. All this is years ago now. Yeah. And 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 still going strong after all these years. Still still doing this. Still loving this. Uh, involved in a lot more stuff though in uh, Pennsylvania. You're still there, right? Yeah, I'm still there. Still kicking a lot of tail. Uh, yeah. It's kind of an interesting concept these days because um, there's a lot going on here. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully I can keep these all these balls juggling. But I have to be honest with myself. At some point, you know, something might have to get at some point. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember. Remember, I was like, "Yeah, I'm only doing a monthly show. Only doing a monthly show. It's too much." Yeah. can't do this like it's too much research like my stuff is it's a longer show and it's segmented so it's it was just a different approach altogether. and then it was like okay this is too much so i need to split it up and then you wind up doing two or three shows a month anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't escape it. it's the uh, it's the vortex of uh my weekly show that's supposed to be monthly <laughs> so well, it happens to the best of us or the worst of us i don't know I don't know. I just, I just, I can't imagine my life without it. You know, it's, it's, it's been the constant for 10 years now. And it's like, look forward to it and, and hearing back from people and just, I love the, uh, I love the idea that we all have different boxes. We can all just go jump into and be there. I, I can be in my wrestling box where I'm surrounded by my wrestling buddies. I can be in my paranormal box where I'm surrounded by all my paranormal buddies. And, you know, pretty much just anywhere to hide from the kids and wife. We can just hide, right? How is Tabitha, by the way? Well, she's doing pretty good. She's happy that I'm doing a show tonight, as you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this close to Christmas? Never. <laughs> yeah, way. I think she's downstairs shopping on Amazon, so we'll just... <laughs> there better be rum in that, bud, because let me tell you, when that bill comes through, it ain't going to be pretty this year. Uh, I was going to say, hope, hopefully there's something left of the Mallard Estates by the time the night's over. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think of this whole Trudeau thing, hey, where... We can't share news stories on our Facebook anymore. What do you yeah. think about that? You must have heard about this. <coughs> I did, and I, I it's that's dumb for Facebook to do that. <laughs> it's dumb for him to imply it though, too. Well, yeah, well that too, but right, you know why Facebook would go along with that scheme. I'm gonna tell you why. It affected me personally. It affected me personally. Okay, I go in for an interview on CBC, which is like our version of CNN. Okay, yeah. and like I'm doing an interview all about my podcast, and I'm so excited about it. Tears full of joy, you know, in my eyes. I'm just, I'm sipping my Tim Hortons coffee. I'm like, oh my God, it's so great to be Canadian today. Sip, you know, and I'm so happy. And, and then I realize I can't share the goddamn interview because <laughs> it's considered CBC news. It's news. And I'm like, well, what even happened? <laughs> well, so you know what? Trudeau, screw you, Trudeau. <laughs> find a workaround. Yeah. Yeah, the, the workaround is to start up another website, basically. Who had that idea a long time ago? I think his name rhymes with Bim Jallard. <laughs> <laughs> I've started a few websites in my time. <laughs> so many websites, but uh, still the same big, cuddly, paranormal teddy bear. Not going to change. Uh, we hope not. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I've <laughs> so many websites. And... Now, you know, I've looked at my uh, domain list the other day, and I'm like, you know, I gotta stop paying for some of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I don't even know why I'm still on Podbean. I have no idea. Like 
I love Podbean. They've got a big following there. I mean, geez, there's like thousands and thousands of people follow me there and, you know, lots and lots of downloads and stuff. Great for me, little guy from Newfoundland. Like, come on, let's, let's, yeah, I'm really. pretty happy with it all. And But it's also like, why am I paying so much when I can just get all this for free somewhere else? Like, what am I doing? I, what am I, is it because it's a reoccurring payment on my credit card? I just don't look. Well, it's moving all the shit and all the work, man. There's a lot of work that goes in that. I can't imagine now. Oh, my God. Well, I'm almost up to 300 episodes now, which is nothing for you. How many episodes do you have? That's a good question. That's ah. a good, that is a good question. Like, it's got to be close wow. to 550. Maybe it's more Great. than that. I don't know. I have, you know, you don't really pay attention anymore. It's just I do. I do just just to see like how prolific people are, and that's something I said years ago. It really ruffled everyone's feathers in the paranormal community. And just as soon as I said it, I'm so sick and tired of people coming in with podcast ideas and and not being prepared. So they do two or three episodes and then just give up. I hate that because if you're a first time podcast listener and you listen and you're like, oh, I kind of like this, and then they're gone, you're like gonna probably not want any more of the product. It's like. Uh, giving people four beer and a six case beer like you're only getting four beer the other two are water you're really not going to want to buy it again well the other part of this all that you know right here's the other factor how many shows did it take for you to get comfortable doing it <sighs> now see i'm very blessed because I, I got a wrestling background i mean i was used to being in front of the microphone in front of people like hundreds of people watching me but like honestly get comfortable with the actual show quality that probably only happened halfway through those 10 years realistically i'm not kidding like the music cues the um the sound quality the editing like it really came together for me but it took years man years and then there's like i said i've been dealing with these tech rooms the last four weeks and like you'd think by now i'd have a system down well i have a system down but when the ones and the zeros don't match what i want to do it's over. Well, there's another part too, Jim. It's uh, technology is always changing. All it takes is one computer update, and we're yeah. up shit creek. <laughs> I'm not a joke, man. Because oh boy, probably was five or six years ago. Got one of those massive Windows updates, right? Oh I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here. I've got my checklist that Brian Anderson gave me. Go here, 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 here. Right. It's just not working. Like everything's set right. It's just not working. So I said, Brian, hey, we got to get together about this. This is just not right. He's like, sure, yeah. made some time. And he says, you're never going to believe this, but try this. The one volume level, put it at zero instead of 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one in Audacity. I, used, I Believe it or not, you're going to laugh. My, my stuff I used to edit all my EVP research with is what I record with because that's what I'm most knowledgeable with. Like, yeah, I can really make those levels sound crisp. I love it. And like I'm an old man and set my ways. I'm not giving up my audacity for no one. I don't care if it takes me two hours to edit five minutes worth of audio to make it sound okay. You young whippersnappers in your garage band, which is now 20 years old too, I think. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've had experiences where little updates that happened with audacity. And all of a sudden, uh, my personal favorite thing to happen, the recording uh, ratios are wrong. So it will record like at a higher Hertz level than what you need for your quality. And then when you put it and render it, everybody sounds like this. <laughs> it's, just, it's like a chipmunk Christmas special. Yeah, that guest ain't coming back. <laughs> oh, I've had some 
that you know well because i do live so some people get to hear it right right but the one night man i was all excited good show open that folder to post that bad boy so i could get the notes done and this that and the other i open that folder and it's got five thousand eight hundred and some pieces of mp3s and i went oh that's awkward <laughs> i was hoping you know maybe it was one big chunk in like a bunch of seconds right yeah oh, no. every clip was about 0.75 seconds oh, like you got <laughs> and i'm like nope done that one that one just never happened <laughs> <laughs> let it go let it go I'm not let it sure go out to the void <laughs> i'm not sure i could sit around and edit that much Still right. having any sanity left or having it done by now i mean let's be honest I'm, I'm very grateful for the knowledge base it's given me because i can take a really bad sounding episode and that happens sometimes man like one day i had my microphone i swear to god i tilted my microphone too high up by accident i might nudge it with my elbow i'm not even kidding and it, it was touching this thing here this this I don't know if you can see yeah, it. Pop yeah. right. so, like, and this is made of metal. So it was getting a bit of interference. And I had a mm, in the background. The most wonderful interview you'll ever hear. And all you hear in the background is a mosquito the entire time. <laughs> should have first so, like, you should have, have the ability to campfire sounds and just left it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is the bear. <laughs> but like to be able to go in there and actually know how to edit that out so you don't sound horrible horrible it's uh it, it it's it's a labor of love jim always has been and uh you know i can't imagine my life without it uh, i'm so glad i'm so proud of the odd the new philanthropy podcast you know it's just been all over the world now it's it's grown considerably it's bigger than me it's bigger than me and yeah. uh I, I love that it'll be here long after i'm gone that's for sure and the fun thing about it is like i i the numbers are phenomenal right whatever they don't mean anything anymore um because you know once you get to a certain point it's like yeah okay and then you see all these countries and you're like yeah okay like okay well, that's it's pretty cool but it is pretty cool but after a while it becomes like oh what's the difference between 40 and 45 it's like eh, not much you're right and then <laughs> i think the term you used many years ago when you tried to explain that to me was you always be chasing your tails you might just enjoy it <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. The real the real benefit of this all, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this is the personal connections you make with make with guests and listeners who sometimes will surprise you in the most uh, humbling and kind ways. Oh yeah. I, absolutely. Absolutely. There's been times where I've had interviews with guests that I felt exhausted and drained because I'm the one giving in that interview you know what i'm talking about on the yeah. one kind of putting the show on and, and there but then there's other guests where i'm absolutely captivated and it's just i would love to sit down and have a drink with this person anyway so it's really really cool that to, to come across and just listen to them and interact with them and 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 usually with me like i'm still in the realm of the paranormal i know you've branched out done many different topics now it's so good to see that by the way uh, I've kind i of love, I love that so. yeah but you still cover it sometimes right oh yeah i kind of i try to keep my the split's going because you know you know how i am i can't stay focused too long or i get bored so <laughs> not only that we've beaten the dead horse 25 times by now <laughs> yeah I, I was thinking about that the other, i was um out for a ride with my wife and i said what is left in the paranormal like i think it's on the downhill climb anyways because there's not like that much tv interest anymore it's I definitely 
It's definitely cyclical, usually following really big world events, yeah. metaphysics, and really all kinds of spiritualism type things kind yeah, of grow. And uh, I call I call it the, the the faith pop or the faith blowback after a big deal, like after World War One, after World War Two, yeah. after nine eleven. After nine eleven was a big one, and I think that's why the plumbers got so famous. Personally, I think the world needed to start believing in something other than what's in front of them because it's a dark, scary place. And uh, I do think that was a major catalyst for that growth because I know it was the early two thousands when Ghost Hunters came out, that yep. TV show, and. You got to give the devils their due. It's where it started. Love them or hate them. It's where it started. Yeah, I'm, and, uh, I'm indifferent to them anymore. Um, it's yeah, just fun to watch them have their feud and all this other stuff. So it's kind of. <laughs> it all goes back to professional wrestling, Jim. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the best way for them to keep the keep people tuning in is laying the smackdown on each other. I wish they'd cut harder promos and have a good time with it, but it doesn't seem to be bought in that far yet. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's like we're gonna do an EVP session in a steel cage because you got to do something different to keep it interesting, right? Yeah, Remember I mean, we made the joke ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, next thing you know, people will be naked doing this, and then they freaking did it. Yeah, they stole our idea. <laughs> like, like, not only did they steal our idea, the people weren't even that good looking. Like, what were they thinking? Like, I mean, hello, I'm right here. <laughs> oh my god, you know what? You know what? You got to have a certain kind of faith to be. A paranormal type person. I really do think there's a faith involved with all this. I yeah. do. Well, I mean, you have to have faith in something that's not there. And much like a scientist who's trying to figure out how something works, <clears throat> anybody who's involved with the paranormal, they they got that mindset of how is this working? What are the mechanics behind it? And well, really, let's be honest. There are some people out there who are just in love with the the chase, the thrill of the chase. Yeah. And other people like us who, at this point, are being here, are like. How does it work, and how does the capture of this work? And you kind of bounce back and forth, ping pong. It's like, how are we capturing EVPs when there's no vocal cords present to make the, the sound? You know, that kind of those kind of ideas that are that are out there for people. But there's 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 also the people who are purely there for um, the excitement of it and oh. for the camaraderie of it. And and I think that's something that I kind of missed out on because a lot of my stuff I did by myself. I did, I didn't, I'm an EVP guy, which means I like quiet, like really quiet, like just me and maybe another person at the most. And even then I'm like, please leave. <laughs> I'm kind of an introverted paranormal investigator, former, I should say. And, uh, you know, just former. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did it happen? Oh, you didn't hear. Apparently okay. Not. So almost two years ago to the day, I almost died. Oh, that's, I missed that too, so you don't have to tell a story. Okay, okay. Here, I did know wow. You well. I did know you weren't well, but I didn't know how severe it was. I guess. Let's be honest. Okay, so the twenty seventh of December in twenty twenty one, me and my wife were out celebrating Christmas. We actually got a night at the hotel, and she we went with my brother. She killed you is what I'm hearing. True crime, she right murdered. here. Right the Mauer report. True crime. True crime. True crime. She listen. She's small, but she's fierce. <laughs> but anyway, um, my sister and brother-in-law were celebrating their anniversary. We all got a hotel stay from my parents as a gift, which oh. I thought was awesome. They'll yeah. look after the kids and we can go and get, you know, do our thing. Yeah. I thought that was great. What an awesome idea. Um, I wasn't feeling too hot over Christmas, I'll be honest. I didn't think I had anything really wrong with me, a little sniffle. Yeah. 
the fear of COVID was very real at that point. I was like, man, like, do I have COVID? And I tested negative like four times. So just <clears throat> wasn't COVID. Anyway, 27 came around. We went out and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to hang in the hotel room, have a beer and we'll just chill and whatever. And they were like, we're all going to go downstairs and go swimming now. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling up to it. I'm going to stay up here. And they went on downstairs and they came back up and I looked at her and I, I never forget it. She cocked in and I, was, and I said, yeah, I got to go to the hospital. I don't feel good. Like something's not right. I could tell. And she looked at me and she was like, there was nothing wrong. Like my wife's a nurse, so no remorse. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine, Johnny. Boy, come on now. You're okay. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Love. Uh, I think something's, something's seriously bad here. And uh, anyway, I kind of jaw jack with her a little bit. I was like, listen, I'm going. Are you coming or not? And she knew I was serious then. Went downstairs, just having a lot of trouble breathing at that point. Got in a cab, drove to the hospital, went to the waiting room of the hospital, walked in, told the lady what was going on. Everyone was super heightened from COVID, so they immediately put me over in a corner and were like, put us around him just in case. He's showing the signs. Like, <laughs> like it was crazy in Canada. It was like, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy, get behind the curtain, buddy. It's like, curtain's going to help. <laughs> curtain's going to help a lot. Yeah, Thanks a lot. Saying, like, okay. Right. So anyway, I go in and uh, they're like, yeah, your, your, your vitals seem okay, but your oxygen is really, really low. Like we can't explain this. And I was like, okay. And they did a rapid test back then. They actually had the rapid test available. Thank God. Like where they can test you for COVID, like, and they get the result back. Oh, like, just like you can get it now with a regular rapid test. But back then that was relatively new, <laughs> especially here in Canada. Great healthcare, but we're a little behind. Yeah. People don't realize that. Pros and cons, right? <laughs> they don't realize that. They're like, oh, yeah, it's great free health care. Like, yeah, but it's also behind by a few years for the most part. So just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, she took my action. She's like, yeah, I'll keep you in overnight, like, just to make sure you're okay. And yeah. this looks really – she's like, I'm concerned, but at the same time, I'm seeing you're okay. So we'll just see what happens. Anyway, I remember they put me in the bed and they're like, yeah, why don't you put this mask on now and we'll give you some oxygen and help you bring up those levels and you can just have a rest because you seem like you're really tired. I was like, yeah, okay. My last memory was rolling over like four o'clock in the morning, ripping the mask off my face and feeling my lungs just spasm. So I couldn't breathe and pretty much died, sat up. So two weeks go by, I wake up from a coma <laughs> Yeah. High as a kite on propofol, by the way. Hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. Sounds like there's no, there's no point doing any other drug on the planet. It'll never be as high as propofol. It's a derivative. Like, you know how people talk about, like, doing all kinds of crazy, like, what's that, ayahuasca stuff? <laughs> like, it's, it's in the same family, the synthetic version of that. Um, absolutely wasted. Like, total coma for two weeks. Um, woke up a mess, didn't know where I was, no who I was, couldn't feed myself, couldn't do nothing for like a week. And all this was during a massive pandemic outbreak, so no one got to see me. <laughs> so I was in the hospital. I woke up in a different year. <laughs> yeah. And and Bob Saget was dead, and so was Betty Weiss. <laughs> so, and I was like, Tell me this isn't true. <laughs> but it was true. Uh, took me about six months to recover. I was a really sick man. Uh, lost 40 pounds. But it was pretty much all muscle, unfortunately. I was really, really sick. Took me to 
took me about six months to recover realistically, three months to get back on my feet, six months to fully recover to actually be like productive member of society again and like work and stuff. Um, there was some setbacks along the way, but nothing too major. And just ever since then, my life has just been completely different. Like so much more laser focused on family time. So much more lazy to focus on. I'm doing the things I want to do now, and other people's things they want to do are secondary now. You become a little bit more selfish, but only because you don't know how much time you got. Mm -hmm. And this is the most terrifying way to die is asphyxiation. There's no scarier way to die because I mean, my last my last thought was, oh my god, I'm gonna die, and my eyes I can remember my eyes being wide, me going, oh, 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 oh. and. and Everything's starting to go dark and hazy. And I'm like, oh, my God. And my, <laughs> and I remember the nurse, calm and cool as a cucumber. I can remember her just being there with me. Mr. Mallard, Mr. Mallard. And then that, that voice went away. And the stuff I seen in that coma, I can remember a lot. And it's insane. Thank you want to talk about where people NDEs come from? <laughs> Go on Propoval and you pretty much get an explanation of everything. It's crazy what you see in those dreams. And it's all as real as real can be, yet so screwed up and bizarre. And like I've had multiple people kind of tear it apart from a purely scientific view of what happened to me in my coma, like the actual dreams I remember. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is just Freud everywhere. Like this is Freudian. This is what this represented. This is what this represents. And the other people were like, yeah, you're getting visits from like past life people here. Like you're getting shaman in your dreams, smudging you. Like it was insane. Like I, I smile and laugh about it because like I'll be honest, like I don't think many people on the planet will experience what I experienced and have the vivid memories I have. Very few people, they might have some memory, but not like me. I've got just an insane amount of memory. I wrote them all down. A great book. <laughs> but anyway, coming soon. Near death experience, total new lease on life, an urgency to do the things that are more physical now, which is why I'm putting paranormal on the back burner. There's also a part of me too that was time to hang it up anyway, because like I can't remain objective anymore. I cannot go out there as an investigator and remain objective. I've seen too much. I've documented too much. I've written too much on the subject. I just, I, it's real. It's right there in front of people. And I can't investigate with that mindset. That's not a hunter's mind. That's a hunter's mindset, not an investigator's. And I can't do it anymore. Not not with the right mindset of not just trying to find out what's going on in these haunted locations, but understanding the mechanics behind it, stuff like that. Like I realized I can't go any further than what I got. And and if I didn't go any further. It's not going to be taken serious because I don't have that science background. So at the end of the day, it was time to kind of time to hang up the re those recorders and spirit boxes and say, you know what? Job well done. Eight years. Wonderful time. Loved it. Wrote a book, wrote a bestseller on the subject. I mean, the work speaks for itself. People still use my work as an example, especially with the spirit box stuff, because so many people are so against that. Like this is not real. Like it's it's fake, and this is how your brain does it. And it's just like, I mean, it's my name. It's saying what's the color my shirt has. It's it's saying all these things, and it's all like four or five word sentences. Like this is not normal. This is not. 
this is like Johnny is here. Hi, John. Right between the, the two groups of people that are out there, there's this gold standard, right? And this left here, <laughs> 40. My personal favorite, I swear to God, I'm not even kidding. And I don't want to point any laugh, but there's a local investigator here. And she, <laughs> I can't even tell the story. I'll cry laughing now. Okay. So she put out the video and she's like, oh my God, you're not going to believe I caught this with my spirit box. And like, I swear to God, it was Taylor Swift. Like, plain as day. And I'm pretty sure it was, hey, don't fix balls. It was like, Haters gonna play, play, play. I swear to God, I went haters, and as haters, it was her voice, and I was just like, "I'm not gonna do it. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Don't put it. Put don't put the messages in the comments. You're not in this anymore. You don't have to. It's okay, Johnny. It's okay, Johnny. You don't have to defend it anymore. <laughs> well, here's the fun. I mean, this is fun, I guess, but I, I I'm crossing that bridge too. I don't know exactly where the future holds for all this, right? Because like you, I can't, how many more investigators can I talk to and hear about Bob Mackey's or wherever they want to go? I'm kind of over all of that. I, I haven't investigated in years either, so I feel more and more removed from that. Yep. And, you know, I, I mean, I believe, but what I believe is, you know, it's that's what it is right now. I don't think anybody's going to say anything great that's going to make me believe any more or any less at this point. And conspiracies, holy smokes, like, I can't keep up. And like, hey, good luck. Your black one behind you is white. Prove me wrong. Not your, right. shirt, your background. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Okay, fine. I seen it on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> we we are blinded by media and social media. You keep in mind that social media barely existed back when the paranormal investigating really took off. That's a fact. My so I think I think it completely <laughs> just inundated it. So what ended up happening? Suddenly you had like a thousand ghost hunting teams everywhere, and everyone's getting data, but not everyone's as uh, credible, we'll say, as everyone else. And everyone gets lumped into the same group, right? But you know this. Well, answer this, right? You ten years. We'll take the ten year sample from your show, right? Yep. Have we seen anything better from day one to today as it relates to videos or real strong audio recordings across the board? I think it's gotten worse. That's what I'm saying. Like, have we seen anything? Like, you know, I, I've I actually think, think the data, the, the data that was collected uh, in the original first three seasons of Ghost Hunters uh, is probably a little bit more credible than the stuff afterwards, but mainly because it was more raw. Yeah. And, Not, uh, you know, <gasps> did you hear that? Next on discovery. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I just got chills. Well, that's, that means it's real. <laughs> Boy, the, that's my the favorite viewer, one. The viewer, so I got still. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've been on hundreds of investigations and my, my thing has always been to investigate the same place over and over and over again to try to get repeatable data. And, uh, you know, that's, that's been my quote unquote gold standard. You know <laughs> who I'm thinking about now, not the gold standard in paranormal radio. Oh, I'm going to get sued. Probably not. But anyway, I just <laughs> I had to say it. I, 
I know you can't wait to talk about those guys. Anyway, we're going to talk about it. Here it comes. Being in the same location, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, and, and trying to get the same voices saying the same things. It's the closest thing the science I ever got with this stuff to a point where I was in a very haunted location and only investigated there privately for three years straight. Like I was going to release a second book, but this all fell through because there was a shift in management. Mm-hmm. And I was just, that really took the wind out of my sails too. I'm not going to lie. Like I had that book ready to go, but they looked at me and said, if we release this, it's, it's going to have an effect on us here. And I don't think it's going to be positive. And I was just like, Really? Because, like, for years, we were doing charity ghost hunts there, like, raising money for funds for the building and stuff like that. And then new management come in, and they're like, yeah, we don't like... Basically, new management come in, we don't like this paranormal thing. See you later. And I was just like, I'm here now with 170 pages of edited book ready to go. It was ready to be shipped off to the editor. Because I promised myself I wouldn't do 250 this time. It was too freaking long last time. Oh, my God. But, you know, everyone just had to have their 101 ghost hunting tips in the back of the book, didn't they? <laughs> but uh, I know it was, it was corny. It was corny. Um, but it was good corny. It was, it was a fun corny. Uh, they they kind of closed the door on me there. And I was just like, wow, all my dad. Thank God I put up my videos and stuff I caught because they can't stop that. I had permission for all that. But then I was like, God damn it. I got everything here. And the book was written like I'm ready. And they're like, no. We can't allow this to happen. It's a government site. We don't like this, blah, blah, blah. Really unfortunate. And I think that took the wind out of my sails a bit too, right? It was like, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? I was super excited to do it again and like have a sequel, but this time only in one location with just as much data as I gathered in seven. Like that was the idea. I'm going to show you guys repeatable data in this one place and prove to you that these places are, are quite haunted and, and, you know, three or four out of 20 investigations, I catch something there. Like this is, this is, this is how the paranormal works. Like the idea that you can go to a place 20 times and only catch something three or four of those investigations. And, and it might not even be that credible it is a testament to this and why the ghost hunting shows aren't the best thing because they go one location and they jump to the next. So statistically they're only getting a minutia of what's probably in that location. And half the stuff they got, they probably don't even release because it's not clear enough. So there you go. I, I, I think the next step, and I think it's going to happen soon, is basically we almost got to the point where the science-minded people were jumping in and we're like, okay, there's something here. Let's, let's work on this. Let's see what we can do. And then that all fell apart too. And, and the reason why is because you're right. Popularity of it started to dwindle. Yep. Right. You give this another little while. It'll give this another back. little while. Yep. It'll be back again. It'll be a cycle again. And and just like Bigfoot, remember that whole thing happened a few years ago again. It's cycle again. It was a big again for another year or two, and like it was a big deal. And you know, it's just I, I believe this will cycle around again. I'll probably be old and gray. And well. here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing about you know this whole paranormal thing. It seems to favor the old man more than the young man. Thanks. And I think it's better for me to do it then. Right now, I got to focus on what I can do for fun and for fulfillment right now in the body I have while I got it. Because I don't know how long I'm going to have this body for now. Oh, wait. Four time, time out. 
got a question from Gio over here in the chat room. I actually got to pay attention to that tonight once in a while. On the hey, buddy. Pond, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, he, he's been on the pond for about a year now, so we're, we're excited. I say that. Nice. It could be it could be two years for all. I don't know. It all blurs together. Oh, by the way, 559 tonight. So. Oh, episode number 559? Yeah, I had to look it up. So I heard it's your most handsome episode. Could be. As long as we're looking <laughs> at you. I just put a <laughs> on. I'm doing Those this with my split screen, right? Like <laughs> well, the worst thing is I have my picture in the chat room and I see that and I'm looking at my it's just I'm looking at myself way too much tonight. Um anyways, back to his question. <laughs> Has anyone found any interest interesting messages by playing Taylor Swift backwards? <laughs> yeah. Something like just go with it. She really is she deserves to be on Time magazine. Like yeah. that's what I got, right? That's what I got the last time I was on it. You know what? I think I think there are some people who deserve that honor. And I think there are some people who are genuinely talented and adaptive. And I will give her that. Mm. I think she's fantastic. I, I joke about Taylor Swift and how sick I am of listening to her on the radio. Like I'm gonna draw like, oh my God. But it's probably been since Madonna or Britney Spears since we really had a big female Break star. Yeah. Yeah, like and like, don't get me wrong, you know, totally should have went to Beyonce <laughs> to quote Kanye here. <laughs> my God, how many years was that? Ten years ago? Well, that's got to be at least. Oh my, <sighs> crazy. Oh, but um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that if there was a message played backwards during EVP session, it would probably have something to do with an ex-boyfriend, a vengeful well, spirit, a future, a future boyfriend that we can break the code on. Oh man, oh, oh! I'm telling you, this football guy—he's screwed. Yeah. I knew it right away. I like he's done. He's he's done. <laughs> yeah, we've already got the new. We've already got the new CD. They still call them CDs. Anybody? Uh. Oh my God! So like, okay, funny story about that. Totally sidetracked. Anyway, hope we answered your question, Geo guy. Thanks. Well, yeah, <laughs> he just popped up there. Geo is not. Or, Gio. Taylor's not a star. She's an industry. And that's that's a fact too. She's got a whole. It's crazy yeah. how popular this person is, um, but also desperately needed that niche fill. There's no one. So I'm not surprised. There's no one new in 10 years that Reedy has come around and been like, okay, big deal. Yeah. And uh, I was really, I was really hopeful. I was really hopeful that um, it would be a female person on, on Time Magazine this year. And I'm glad it's somebody who actually does nice things with their money. Yeah. There are people out there who deserve to be on there for philanthropy alone. She would be up there. You should really look into her uh, for her charitable donations. Some of that it's considerable, and uh, we we love that. I love that. That to me is uh, really what it's what it's all about. After you get a couple of million, nothing matters anymore, anyway, Jim. It, it's all the same. Well, I'd, I'd like to try it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I can get millions in debt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of millions in debt. Um, I, I hate this. I literally hate this. Elon Musk is ruining my baby for more than for like 13 years. Like that's I've been there like every day, and like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Like I'm spending less and less time there. Like it's weird. So I haven't been on Twitter since it became X. Ooh, look at you, Mr. Fancy. <laughs> I I just I don't understand it anymore. And I realize that 
this is just not for me. I I I love the I love the tweets, but like it just I don't know. It was already like a cesspool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the idea was that we just turn this into a more of a money making thing. But I really feel like this is he's like he's like he's getting dangerously close to like crazy rich billionaire evil guy now. He's getting yeah. like this close. He better be careful. Like he's he's getting there. He's getting there. Well, the you part, see that rocket? Yeah, I seen the rocket. But think about this, Sean. Now here's the problem. He has <laughs> all this money on Twitter, right? And he's scaring advertisers away. Like we'd like to pick them up. I mean, yep. Hello, American Express. You got some extra money now. I mean, anyways, we're a lot cheaper. Maybe not right. quite reach as Twitter, but I mean, maybe it's getting closer by the day. So <laughs> between right? the both of us, we will own X soon. Yeah, I was gonna say. So we'll start uh, Mallard. Figure out how to spell it though. <laughs> Mallard's. Oh no. Mallard squared report. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Right. Man, right. With all the money it's going to come due and it could trickle down where, I mean, because none of these people are that cash liquid and he could be losing Tesla and poof. All be done. Here's the thing though. <sighs> the issue I got with, with that idea is that he's the face of that stuff now though. Well, you could be, you could be, you could pray him in a movie. So, uh. <laughs> I, I think that he'd be like the perfect Lex Luthor. I really do. Like, we should do this. My question is, what's the motivation in buying a social media platform that you already had enough money to just take over anyway with random bots? Like, what was the what was the motivation truly there? Yeah, I was gonna say, and then take because it was hemorrhaging money before, right? Yeah, like I mean, and then come in and ruin the advertising built the base, and it's like mm, this seems to be going backwards. But what do I know? I'm not this mogul, but I know enough about business. You can't, you know, stick money in the fire and expect it to come back. <laughs> but is it is it more of like maybe it wasn't so much about uh, making more money? Maybe it was more about having the power over people, like. I think the whole thing with Trump when he was elected and, and all the Twitter scandal crap and all the stuff that was going on, they really opened people's eyes to how powerful these things are. Not that we didn't know that already. I mean, Facebook is just full of old voters. Facebook is voter book now. But the young generation aren't on that anymore. They're on Snapchat. They're on Instagram. So Twitter is like, I'm going to buy this now. It almost felt like a power political type move, or like yeah, I will own this more. Right. I can do what I want. TikTok now. I mean, that's right. where. I mean, let's trickle down to that, man. Have you heard of TikTok? Have you yeah. <laughs> of course, I heard of TikTok. Hang on, I got to do my dance, right? I have a 13 year old daughter, Jim. Of course, I know what TikTok is. <laughs> it's literally the excuse for never doing any of her chores. <laughs> doing the dance or just watching videos? Bit of both, really. Bit of both. I'll be honest. I, I do enjoy it, though. Not the dances. But there, are, there are clips of videos that are really good out there that make you oh. go in and find the full video. I love You know what? The, it's my favorite way, and I hate to say this, but you know, once again, you know, we talked about many years ago about how radio is dying and has been dying for a long time. And video now is dying because now we're getting videos are replaced with short clips. Like four or five minute videos are Remember forever. Vine? Remember Vine? Six seconds, man. They had it, and then that was poof. That was absorbed. Yeah, wasn't that sold off? Yeah, I can't remember. To, it was sold to Twitter. Twitter bought it and ran it in the ground. They hit it. 
I love Vine, actually. I remember I used to watch the Christmas Vines of all the cats jumping in the trees. It was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was like a uh, high-speed gif. I like remembering these little tidbits, but I always I always wonder, like, I, I'm going to be 40 in February. Like, I remember the 90s very fondly. I remember the 80s a little bit. Like, those generational things, those 10-year spans, like, 80s, the 90s, and then 2000s hit. And it seemed like all that just kind of dissipated. Like, are kids, are they going to have those kind of memory about this stuff? We remember decades and the stuff that went on inside the decades. They seem to live their lives in a much more compartmentalized way. Interesting. They, because it is wild. Because I asked my little girl, like, what do you remember, like, about these years and stuff like that? And she's just like, I don't know, it all kind of mushes together. And I thought that was interesting. I always felt like we separated our stuff with decades before. Right. Yeah. I remember the nineties. I remember this. Like so well, talk to me about the, the, the teens, the two thousand to two thousand twenty. Two thousand ten to two thousand twenty. Like it doesn't seem like that existed. Like there's like, not more I, I mean, I know I graduated high school two thousand two. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. And those years flew. But like I don't remember a decade from that time frame the only thing that separates it all for me is my little girl was born in 2010 <laughs> so that kind of helped a bit but like other than that milestone everything else is just a blur so i want i really do wonder like has social media affected us as uh, almost like a, a tradition destroying thing much like radio was destroyed by video and video was destroyed by clips we'll say and you know like i always kind of wonder what are we sacrificing for the convenience of the fun right now right oh yeah mm. it, it, it is interesting because everything's here except real human relationships <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true if somebody calls you you say why are you calling me not texting me not even that it's like oh my god who's this <laughs> the anxiety of it all i remember when i used to ride my bike to my friend's house and be like i'd be six or seven bicycles outside and i go oh my god that's where my bros are at i'm going over hanging out with them now it's like how do kids hang out they don't even hang out they have play dates that their parents put together for them mainly because we're now aware of how many pedophiles rapists and killers are out there and i i really do think we're like you ever hear the term um Strong men and women create weak time. Yep. Weak times create weak men and women. Yep. Weak men and women create bad, sad times. Bad, sad times create strong men and women. Yep. Like that whole thing. Like I kind of wonder, are we headed towards that weak time? And did it start really in the 90s? And I think we are. I do. And I'm seeing it. Did you ever research the Father Romans before? No, I can't say I have, but I, I might have heard somewhere about it. But go ahead, finish your, finish your thought. No gender, no marriage, no religion, everything gone. And then everything, <laughs> everything just fell apart. I wonder, I wonder the way things are, the political correctness of it all. You know, I just wonder and what kind of time we live in it. And uh, I wonder... What kind of future my kids are going to have, right? My two biological kids. I got ten foster kids now. Told you, cheaper by the dozen. Nailed it. Actually, <laughs> technically, 
Yeah, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. There's one well, or two kids in there that I'm not counting because it was only for like a month. <laughs> your, your wife count you, so that really does. It just adds up. So <laughs> I just don't want to have 13. I, I think it's unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Something to be said for that for sure. <laughs> yeah, the little guy who's with me now came with us a year ago last week, actually. So he's been with us for a full year. Uh, can't imagine the mental strain on a little child, five or six years old, removed from their family and having to come live with me yeah, a week before Christmas. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely boring. heartbreaking. My mind, my heart has been busy with other things too. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, makes you wonder, though, man. I mean, you, you I mean you're doing great, great things over there, but how many kids are still stuck? Jim. It's like throwing a thimble full of water into a blaze. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'll throw that thimble full at least of something, right? It's it's nonstop, never ending. Um, we've got a lot of rights as human beings that you don't know about until you have to go to court and lose your child. And that system is so broken. Yeah. So beyond broken. But it's still a system and it still works for the most part. There are lives saved every day with that system. Whether it might not be the way people like to say it, but it is true. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it really is, um, it's gotten much worse. I'm very, I'm, I'm actually kind of privy to all the statistics, which is really cool about this is because there's not so many people doing it. Everyone's a nerd. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to be like, okay, so like how many foster kids are available in Newfoundland? It's like hundreds. We got a population of 500,000. It's not very much at all. Not very much at all. Very high percentage of drug use here. Very high percentage of prostitution here. Very high percentage of just people, just broken people. And the opioid pandemic is only now hitting here in the last five years. You guys have had it for 15 or 20 now. Yeah, as I say, it's been in this neighborhood for at least 15. And, like, these are the people who are having kids who can't look after their children, who want it in the system for the most part. I shouldn't say this, John. Who have more kids than teeth. I have more what? More more kids than teeth. More kids than teeth? Yeah. How many teeth do I have? Uh, I don't know. I have 13 teeth, don't I? I hope so. Well, I mean, you've lost through the years. I haven't lost any teeth, man. I'm very thankful. Considering all the wrestling I've done, that's actually kind of... Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised with all the wrestling. And, you know, I got to throw in their hockey because you're Canadian. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you, though. My hockey team right now is the most bipolar team there is. Right? Mm-hmm. Like For the last six years, I couldn't watch the Wings play. I couldn't watch them. They're that bad. And this year, they had this really hot start. And a couple of good stars were finally starting to season up. And I was really excited and... My dad is in too. My dad is still alive, by the way. Oh, that's good to know. 14, 14 years with stage four renal cancer. Still alive. One of the longest reigning. I call him the longest reigning cancer champions. Like how this guy's still there. But anyway, he's a, he's a devout Detroit Red Wings fan. Yeah. Although he's ready to sell his gear after the last couple of games, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we were like, yeah, we should get center ice this year. Just enjoy it together. And, yeah. you know, he's getting older now. He's getting sicker. It's, yeah. it's, I, I know what's up, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I go over pretty much every second night with him, watch a hockey game. And uh, Detroit are like, the first, the first part of the season, play great, <laughs> right? 
Then they had a little slump for a few games. Then they played great for those three or four games. Like it was just they were just rocking her, rocking the top of the division, kicking everyone's ass. And now it's just been because everyone's hurt. Everyone can't play anymore. It's just it's horrible. So there you go. Detroit Red Wings are my hockey team. Oh, I don't think they're going to make it again this year. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, well, it's better than the Leafs, so you're okay. Well, I don't know what's worse, not getting in the playoffs for the last – now, don't get me wrong. Detroit had a streak of like 20-odd years, 25 years straight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Longest streak in sports, actually. Yeah. Um, but, man, and then, you could be in there 25 years, and if you don't win it. But they won it. They won it four times. 100 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> no, no. They had the last cup they won was 2008. Oh, no. Oh, that long ago. Not, not Red Wings. I remember. Oh, no, no. You're talking Montreal. That's oh. 30 years ago this year, by the way. Okay, I knew I knew one of your Canadian teams sucked. <laughs> oh, the, the Maple Leafs haven't got any colored pictures with the cup. Yeah, so that's what 19, I think it was 67? Back when it was this big? <laughs> I don't even know. If it was. I think dinosaurs roamed the earth back then, right? <laughs> when Stanley presented them the cup? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of Stanley Cups, did you see that video of that lady's car that burned up and her Stanley Cup was still in there? Not the Stanley Cup, a Stanley mug. Didn't oh, it and it, it survived? It survived and there was still ice in it after the car was on fire? That does not surprise me. You know, God bless her heart. She will be remembered and will probably use the Stanley mug as her urn. <laughs> <laughs> we got to hope, right? Yeah. those. Uh, it's, it's really quite incredible. Like the things they can come up with and the ability to insulate with cold, right? Mm. I don't know. I haven't I haven't found a good thermos yet to keep things hot for a long period of time yet. I'm sure you can get one. Probably like a military one would probably be good. But like for the most part, we're real good at keeping things cold. <laughs> Move to Florida, everything will stay warm. <laughs> Dude, well, you all know I'm all about the Celsius. So, you know, we're actually shocked. It's like four days before Christmas, and we had 11 degrees Celsius here. Wow. Which is like friggin' warm for Newfoundland. Like, that's warm. Like, our hottest weather is below 30 degrees Celsius. I'm not really uh, understanding of Fahrenheit, to be honest. I'm totally ignorant to it. <laughs> Don't feel bad. So, I'm the same but I'll say that Newfoundland is a cold as hell place for the most part. I get it. Um, um, but delightful to live here. Um, pretty peaceful. Very little crime. Uh, just a lot of drugs and the prostitution and a lot of prostitution, a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs. It's really bad. Like it sounds like a good town, like Vegas. I think it's like it's Vegas, but like you can't get a VLT machine here because you know someone's already on it. <laughs> um, There's like hundred here. <laughs> Where should, where should people go find you? you, you we mentioned uh, Podbean earlier. Podbean's uh, like my main home, and that's when I promote it for so long. But like, I'm everywhere. Like, there's nowhere I'm not. You can find the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast anywhere. It's a monthly paranormal variety show, which usually ends up being twice a month. Sue me. Okay. <laughs> Sue me. Um, paranormal News, Cryptic Corner, and usually a guest. Um, for the most part, I, I, I like having the guests on the show, but. I've gotten to the point, too, where I'm comfortable talking about stuff myself now for an hour, yeah. if need be. And that's that's kind of cool, too. That's fine. Um, especially <laughs> when you want to deep dive into something. Um, and, you know, we get a big bump in numbers, too, just off October. I do a podcast every day of October. <laughs> I do one episode every day for five minutes. Because he's nuts? 
Yes, but also very smart. You yeah. can record a lot five minute segments, man. Like you can do ten of them in a night. And... Okay. I mean, it's, it's not it's not as hard because I have the know how and the editing. And like I can edit four or five and pump them out like in five minutes if I know what I'm doing and everything's everything sounds right. So just can't screw up when I'm recording. So we have a minute left, so I got to ask you Gio's favorite last question to ask guest. Yep. Just because he's here, he's been hanging out with us. Um, his it's the toughest question of the night. Yep. You ready? Go, go to favorite breakfast. Oh my go to favorite breakfast? Oh yeah. my god, I love break I love breakfast sandwiches of all sorts. But like one of my favorites is sausage, egg, egg, okay, and maple syrup. Maple syrup. Yeah. Right. On, on a sandwich? On a sandwich. Hmm. Gonna have to try that. And that's another try sausage and egg, egg, bacon egg. Think about smoked maple bacon. Not kind of deal. bacon, right? Just regular bacon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know American bacon all the way, man. Okay. Yeah, Canadians yeah. don't eat Canadian bacon. <laughs> you gotta make sure we want your big fat bacon. We want yours. Okay, well, you can have it. Except mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I thank you for uh pitch hitting. This doesn't seem like it's been an hour, but it goes by quick when we get together. It's so, kind of wild, actually, how fast an hour will go. And I, and I love being your pinch hitter, man. I love it. So we'll have to catch up again before it gets too long. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I don't die again. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, if that's what it takes to get you back on the show, we'll have to be a little more careful. <laughs> Pretty soon you might have to use the ghost box as a doctor. All right, brother. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II. Each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.